I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Ladies, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. So we have another great, lovely, and beautiful guest joining us this week. And I'm super excited for you to listen to my conversation with Taylor from Food Faith fitness. She has an amazing blog with all of these delicious recipes, but recently Taylor has discovered food freedom. And I know that's something that many of you ladies listening to this show are on a journey of discovering in your own lives. So Taylor and I chat about food freedom and what that looks like in her life and the journey that she went on to welcome it into her life. But before we get into that chat, I just wanted to talk about some things with you, give a little bit of an update. Even though it's been a week since we've last chatted, it feels like it's been a really, really long time. I don't know. It just feels like even though the months are going by really fast and summer's almost done and summer flew by, the weeks when I think back to like a week ago, it just feels like a really long time. I guess I'm just doing a lot in between. So I kind of can't believe that I did all that I did in a single week. So just to kind of give you an idea of what's been up in my world, I have been traveling for the Health Beyond Food Tour. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to my website, magtherhn.com forward slash tour for all the deets on my Health Beyond Food Tour. So as I mentioned before, I am on tour for the next four months. So we're kind of like middle of the first month. And honestly, I love it. I am so fortunate and grateful to be teaching my workshops across Canada and also a few places in the United States. I am just really grateful for this opportunity. But if I'm being completely honest, I am already exhausted. (laughs) I just got back. um, So it's Tuesday right now. And this episode airs on Wednesday. So just the day after. And I just got back from two days of back-to-back travel. Now, you all know I absolutely love travel, but I don't know. Um, I feel like um, maybe just the fact that I'm like a super sensitive human being, but also I've mentioned this many times before. I have like a lot of air in my birth chart. And I just feel like whenever I travel, because I'm like not actually on the ground when I'm traveling, whether that be flying or driving, I just feel so messed up for 
the next day or two. So that's what I'm dealing with right now. (laughs) I'm just feeling a little wonky, but you know what? That's okay. I actually posted on Instagram today about just surrendering to the fact that you feel exhausted. And I think we all have this tendency to push through exhaustion. And many of us have this misunderstanding or a false belief around rest. I know I did for many years of my life. I thought resting, I wasn't deserving of it. I wasn't worthy of it, but also that it made me lazy. Like I had so many misunderstandings around rest and I had a lot of false beliefs around rest as well. So I had to take a step back, forgive myself for those misunderstandings and create new beliefs around resting and understand that I am worthy of it and my body needs to rest and it deserves to rest. So anyways, I am in a period of my life right now where I'm a little exhausted um, for, and I will be for the next day or two. And that's okay. I'm just surrendering to that and allowing my body to rest. So it was nice to get back from travel and just edit this podcast and now record this intro for you. So I hope that, well, I don't hope that you're exhausted because it's not a particularly enjoyable feeling, but I hope that if you are feeling some fatigue, um, sleepiness, exhaustion, I hope that this message comes through to you at the right time and provides you with that little extra nudge to just surrender to feeling that way and allow your body to rest because you truly do deserve it and you are absolutely worthy of it. So that's what I'm going through right now. Just a little bit of a um, rest day here after two days of back-to-back travel, but it's all good. I travel a little bit more this weekend, this coming weekend, so that's going to be fun. I'll be heading to Saskatoon to teach more um, Health Beyond Food workshops. So if you're in Saskatoon and you want to attend a workshop of mine, hit me up, let me know. You can always email me and I'll give you the deets to my events. Or you can go to that link I said before, magtharhn.com slash tour. And you can always request to attend one of my events. I would absolutely love that. And then we could meet in real life if we don't already know each other. It'd be super fun. And then you can attend one of my classes would be super fun. So that's what I'm up to this weekend. So doing some more traveling this weekend. And then for the very last week of August, I will be in London. I'm going to Toronto and then going to London, which is like my second home. So I get to visit all of my best friends from university back in London. I'm so pumped and really excited to head back there. I always love going back to London because I feel like that was really where I established like my life. You know, it was the first place where I ever lived all by myself. And I think those places 
in which we like get to do that throughout our lives holds really special meaning to all of us. So really excited to head back there at the end of the month. So that's a little bit of an update on me and just a heads up for all of you who are interested or enjoy when I talk about the moon phases. We do have a full moon approaching on Thursday, August 15th. (laughs) So I encourage you to go outside on Thursday, soak up that beautiful full moon and just really tap into how you're feeling at this time of the moon phase. I always love doing that. I'm super into, well, y'all know I always love journaling, but I've also been meditating a lot lately and I've been loving it. So join me. Join me in some meditation for full moon stuff. I'll be posting more about full moon, I'm sure. But yeah, I just wanted to give you a heads up that it is on Thursday, which is tomorrow. Okay, guys, we are going to cut over to my interview with Taylor. She is amazing and you are going to love everything that she has to say about food freedom, giving up like all of the restriction and food rules exercise rules, everything like that, and just live your life in a state of being completely like in tune with what your body actually needs and embracing freedom because you also all know how much I love freedom. Hey, Taylor, welcome to the show. Like I've shared with you already, I am just so excited to be sitting down with you. I feel like we're like energetically connected in more ways than one. I just feel very soul sister like with you. I was going to say soul sisters. That's like the perfect term. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Cannot wait. Of course. Um, I know this conversation we are going to have today is going to be really special. You're super passionate about your message and it's going to resonate with every single woman listening to this show. But before we dive in, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners today? Sure. So my name is Taylor, as you said, and I run the blog Food Faith Fitness, which originally started as kind of a healthy special diet blog and now that I found food freedom and which I'm sure is what we're going to be talking about today I'm kind of um, I guess re-angling or re-approaching it to kind of share the freedom and the message that I found with about food and not even just gaining food freedom but gaining your life back after disordered eating and eating disorder patterns. Yeah so why don't we dive into all of that Um, I know you and I connected basically like right at the beginning of your journey of being like starting to work towards getting your period back but I'm sure that the journey started way before that right so why don't we backtrack a little bit and you share with us where you're coming from and what you were struggling with and some of like the patterns you were in before you were like, okay, I'm ready to make a change. 
So we can go right back to the beginning. And that would be when I was 13 and I was hospitalized with anorexia and the doctors didn't think I was going to survive that, but I did. Obviously I'm here. Um, and I made a full recovery and I didn't worry about calories or the gym or I just lived like a generally healthy life. Like I, I was concerned with eating, you know, eating well and exercising, but it wasn't like an obsession by any, any means. Um, and then when I was my forever marriage and that ended very suddenly and shockingly, and I felt like really out of control. So my brain, I guess, having anorexic past went back into wanting to be in control and it chose food so from my you know year 20 to when I was a year ago so 28 so almost a decade I just really struggled not being sick enough to realized but being sick enough where I counted every calorie I ate every macro weight everything that I ate on a scale so it was perfect exercised a million times a day not a day a week couldn't miss a day at the gym because I thought I'd gain a million pounds couldn't be spontaneous with food with my husband couldn't enjoy a relationship in my marriage because I eventually found the one and got married um and just honestly just in my brain my walk with God my relationship with myself I just looked for my worth in what my body looked like and what I ate or didn't eat and wasn't able to like get over that and just felt kind of stuck for almost a decade wow so wow yeah and I I know so many women listening will either be able to relate to that, like myself. You know, I had anorexia when I was 10 years old and then again when I was 15. So I can definitely relate. But I'm sure a lot of women are also there with you right now, like where you were. Um, they can relate because they're there right now. And they're probably listening to this show because they are realizing that something needs to change. So mm -hmm. why don't we go to that point within your life where you were like, I cannot live like this anymore because both you and I have had those moments in our lives where we're like, okay, this is not living, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So, I mean, I, I feel like that was like my whole mindset for like the eight years I was stuck. I was like, I really, I'm done with this. But like, I just didn't know how to, to become free. And then there was this one day, I remember it so vividly. It was about, you know, just over a year ago. And my husband and I were having like date night and, and he wanted to make handmade pasta and like put Italian music on and drink like wine and like have this like really cute, like Italy, like night in. And I was like, of course, like I'm a girl. Like that sounds great. That sounds romantic. And then we went to the store and we were like buying the ingredients for the pasta. And I just like felt like so fearful. I was just like, as he was buying like butter and cheese and like all these like, and carbs, carbs with wine. And oh my gosh, like all these like fear foods of mine. And we went home and like, I like purposely made the pasta like not work. I like made it wrong so that I didn't have to eat it. Cause I just like, I like couldn't eat it. And then I honestly, like we fought about it. And then I went to bed and I, could, I just remember like crying myself to sleep. I was just like, I can't enjoy like making pasta, like with my husband, like, what is this life? This is mm -hmm. not living. And then the next day I woke up and that's when I was like, enough is enough. I'm going to choose recovery. Wow. So from again, like you said, for like almost a decade, you wanted to change, but you just didn't know how. So yeah. after that pasta night, 
when you were like, okay, now is the time to change. What were those first steps for you? Because I think recovery does look similar for all of us, but also different, right? There's, we all start off in different ways. So what were some of those first steps that you took? So my first step was joining like the group that we met on, like, you know, for some support and accountability and just starting to eat a lot more because I had been so restrictive, like with my food. I will say that at the beginning, I was still very like, like, I guess, white knuckling onto exercise. I was like, oh, I'm not giving up exercise. Like, I'll just, I'll just eat more. So my first steps were like increasing calories and starting to like nourish my body and honor my hunger and the extreme hunger that I experienced and all those things. Okay. And just the group that we're referring to is Dr. Rinaldi's um, No Period Now What HA group. So just to clarify, like you were not getting your period either, right? So obviously that was a motivator for you to recover. And one of the things that you were trying to gain out of recovery. Right. Like I'm, I'm actually not trying to be pregnant, to get pregnant or anything. I just know that a period is a sign of health. And I hadn't had a natural period, honestly, probably for the whole decade. Cause I just, I had gone off birth control two years before and then my period never came back. So I assumed that, Oh, cause I had been the same way for the previous 10 years while I was on the pill. So I was like, well, I wonder how long I've not had this. And I decided that it was time to, to get that cycle back. Yeah. And a lot of women actually, before we like move on to more of the steps that you took, because obviously I have a lot of questions for Uh you, but I think that a lot of women who aren't trying to get pregnant find it really hard to be like actually committed to getting their period back. So I would love for you to elaborate more on that. I mean, for me personally, you know, I'm going through that same um, recovery process to get my period back right now. And I don't want children right now. And it definitely wouldn't be until a very long time. So just for you and I, like we have that in common that we don't have like children motivating us, but I would love for you to talk a little bit more about how you stayed like committed and consistent when you didn't have that as your end goal. Right. So, I mean, it was definitely hard because I was like, well, I need to gain weight and like all these things if I don't like want a baby, but like I had made the choice. And for me, like halfway through recovery, I wasn't, I didn't come this far to just come this far. You know, like I wanted full freedom and like, to me, full freedom, like I don't want to be a mom, but full freedom is just as important to me as like maybe having a baby as for someone else. Like, so that was like my goal, like food freedom is almost like my, I guess my quote unquote baby. And I just kept that in mind, like all these things that I had missed, like I just sort of post on Instagram, like I missed the first five years of my marriage because it was just fighting constantly, not enjoying things. I can't even tell you what the memories we made. And my goal was just like always remembering that I was going to be able to reverse that and like get back my life. I'm almost 30 now and I miss my twenties and I want to be present for my thirties. Oh, I'm getting shivers. I'm just very, very proud of you, Taylor, just so you know. So I want to kind of go back to the beginning of your process of 
trying to get your period back and just in general gain this food freedom that you now have today. I remember one of the very first conversations that you and I had was about not feeling hungry, right? Like initially when you first start the journey. So that extreme hunger that you mentioned That definitely comes later, I think, for most of us, because for so long we are under eating. So we actually have very little hunger. And I know my listeners um, know that that was actually one of the the main reason why I was like, oh, okay, I'm not getting my period back. So obviously that was the main, main reason. But the other thing I was like, I'm never hungry. And that is a sign that my hormones are majorly out of whack. So how did you navigate through that part of the recovery process is making sure you're eating enough food, but you're not really hungry for it ever? Yeah. So this was like a really hard spot to be in. I like, I hated it. It was awful. And I always wondered like, will I ever feel hungry again? And I do now I feel normally hungry, but I had to make sure I was eating every two to three hours just to like make my body trust that it was constantly getting food. And I was lucky. I mean, I, I don't know if it was really lucky, but I think a lot of people struggle with this. The mental hunger was very present for me. So the constantly thinking about food, even though I didn't feel like the physical hunger So for me, like realizing that the mental part of thinking about food is like not normal. Like I just thought I was addicted to food and that's just like a normal thing, which is just not. So I was able to realize, okay, when I'm thinking about food, I should eat it, even if the the actual like stomach growling wasn't there. And so I just had to push through that and it felt really uncomfortable like on my stomach because I wasn't actually feeling it. But just knowing that mental hunger is still an important part of hunger was able to really like get me through that and able to help me eat. And know that it was like the right thing to do. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I think, um, oh gosh, way back when I was living in London, going to university, I thought about food all the time, but I kind of like made excuses about it because I was just like, well, I'm a food blogger and Mm -hmm. I love food and, you know, it's weird, but like my family and my family, like they talk about food all the time. It's always like, what are we making for dinner tomorrow? You know? So I just made up all of these excuses, but there is such a thing as mental hunger. And I think a lot of women miss that mark is that as soon as you're starting to think about food, that's the very first indicator that your body's actually hungry. Totally. I remember telling my husband this, I was like, I'm thinking about food. Yeah, because you're hungry. Like even he knew that he was always like, I don't know. Like I just, it just didn't click. Like I just thought it was like a craving or like an emotional something, which it can be and you should still honor it. But especially like your brain just wants you to seek out food if you're not eating and it will try and get you to do it any way it can. And that includes thinking about it. So that was like a huge light bulb moment for me. Yeah, for sure. So You mentioned that you were like weighing and measuring and tracking all of your food. (laughs) So can you walk us through what you did when you were like, I'm going all in? Because essentially that's what you did. You went 
all in, except you said that you were holding on on to exercise for that first little bit. Yeah. So I'll address the counting first. So I will say in the the first little bit, I didn't weigh anymore, but I still had to kind of keep at the end of the day, I kind of kept like a sort of track of how many calories I'd eaten just because I know that I was supposed to hit a certain number. And I didn't know that I would, that I would, because I was so restrictive and I would, you know, I overestimated calories all the time. Like I thought I'd eat something that's like hundred calories and it was like 20. Like, so I had to make sure that I was like getting in a sense of what my body actually needed. So I'd say for the first couple of months, I kind of kept a very loose idea of what I was eating. But once I had gained weight and, you know, my period came back and all those kinds of things, I let go of that because I, now I know like what a normal healthy woman should eat in day and I have hunger signals to tell me what I need to eat. Um, so I'm still very conscious of making sure I eat enough, especially because my body isn't cycling perfectly yet, but I'm no longer counting. So that was kind of like a slow progression for me. And then the exercise after a couple months, I gave it all up and just went to yoga and I'm still in that spot right now. I'm still, it's been eight months since I've been to a gym, which is crazy for me. Yeah, that's awesome. But, and I, I mean, obviously that helped your recovery of getting your period back, right? So what um, was the motivation or like what kind of like triggered you to be like, okay, I have been eating more, gaining weight, but now the it's time to let go of the exercise. Yeah. So there's, there's two things. One, I was working kind of like with a dietitian, like I wasn't working with her, but I had a couple of like consultations with her. And when, when she mentioned to me that maybe I should give up exercise, I like put my back up like crazy and I got super defensive. And normally people only get defensive when they know there's actually an issue. So I was like, Hmm, maybe I'm exercising for the wrong reason still because of this like defensive response. So that was number one. And then number two, I wasn't getting my period and it had been like, three months of eating all this food. And I just thought like maybe one, my body wants me to give it up. And two, mentally, I knew that I was still doing it to be able to eat more and to be able to like try and make the weight gain be muscle, like all the things we tell ourselves, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and I knew that if I truly wanted freedom, I knew I had to break the like math equation that exercise equals food true equation. So I knew that I had to, I knew I had to get up, give it up if I wanted freedom. Yeah. And I think a lot of the women that come to both you and I, they are in that mindset that, okay, when I eat, I can eat or when I exercise, I can eat more food. Right. Um, And for me in my own life and by the sounds of it and yours as well, once we've given up that exercise and continue to eat, it's just like, okay, that thought or that false belief isn't present anymore, right? No, and it's a lie. Like you realize like exercise is very important. Like I'm excited to go back when my body is ready, but you you realize how little it actually does for you. Like I haven't been to the gym in eight months and like I'm not anywhere near what I thought. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm still a small person. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I know on one of your recent Instagram posts or one of the posts that you've made throughout your recovery was that you always identified as the fit person. That was who you identified Mm -hmm. as. And it's really hard for so many women to like first acknowledge that we identify as something, but also release 
those identities, those false identities. So what did you do in your own life to work through that? So that's still a super hard thing. It was was really hard on my relationship, honestly, because my husband married me at the like the worst, my worst spot, like my worst, like identity fit girl. So like, he didn't know, like that, what I say is real Taylor, who I am now. So when I was giving her up, he was almost like, who did I marry? Like at first it was like the struggle of like, you're this different person. Like I just see you sitting on the couch eating. Like what, what is this? Of course he loves it now because we have so much freedom and he loves, like I look like a woman now and all of these things, but it was tough. And so it was really tough on me too. And just, I guess just, I don't really have a, like a great answer for this, but just seeing like the life that I have now as like real happy Taylor far outweighs like fitness Taylor. And I still think that I'm, I still think I'm, I actually think I'm more quote unquote fit, maybe not physically, but health is so much more than just like a six, having a six pack and like eating vegetables. Like my mind is like free and healthy and I think about other things and I have a life and I have joy. So to me, that's like fitness. So I still feel like I'm her just in like a revamped better way. I love that so much. So let's kind of go over to the freedom aspect of this. I know you just released a free guide for finding food freedom and just welcoming freedom into your own life. And you kind of have your own guidelines or, you know, a step-by-step process that you took within your own life and that you now share with women. So can you kind of walk us through that? Sure. So I guess I'll say step one, because this feels so like and it's not like, it's not rigid. I just want to be sure yeah. that everyone knows that it's definitely not rigid. And I think that's an important thing that we address when yeah. talking about H.A. and trying to overcome whether that's um, H.A. or eating disorders or disordered eating, whatever. It's about letting go of that perfectionism. But as we move through recovery of whatever type of recovery it is, we look back and are like, okay, what did I do to get from point A to point B? And you obviously did some key things. So that is what we're sharing right now. I love that little preface. We don't want to make another list of rules or regulations. Right. Um, My first thing was just like trusting my body. Like I truly didn't believe that like when I was hungry, like that was like a real thing. Like I thought my body was like working against me and like all these things. And so I just just trusting that like cravings are there for a reason. They're not there because you're out of control or anything like that. Or, you know, your hunger is there for a reason. Like I'll put it in you for a reason and trusting those things and learning to honor those things was kind of like my first step. And then for me, that was like kind of like the groundwork. Like I couldn't work on anything else until I actually trusted my body that it was like not leading me astray. And then I had to work on like breaking through like the morality of food, like good versus bad, healthy versus unhealthy, clean, unclean, all those kinds of things. And just see food as food, which was probably the hardest thing for me because I was very much like kale, vegetables all the time. You know what I mean? And no donuts. So like kind of like working through that and then started starting to understand like hunger and fullness. What did hunger feel like for me, especially when I wasn't hungry? Like for me, like I know in the mornings, even now I don't feel hungry ever, but I feel really don't eat. And so I know anxiety for me is a hunger cube. So kind of like learning to establish those things and like what fullness felt because I found myself also not eating enough at meals. Like I would eat until I was just not hungry anymore, but not full. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so kind of feeling like, what does hunger feel like? And then kind of like starting to accept my body because I wanted to like feel like trust my body and like be able to feel it first before I started to actually try to like love it. Because then once I had those that groundwork done, I was able to be like, hey, body, you're really cool. And you do all this awesome stuff for me. And then I was able to like, like love it. Like some days I don't love it, but I was able to accept it. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of started to working, working on more of like nutrition. Like I, I don't want to just eat brownies all day long because it doesn't make me feel good. Anyone, but focusing on, you know, I still try to incorporate protein, fat and carbs at every meal. But if I crave something quote unquote unhealthy, which I don't like using that term anymore, I still eat it, but just kind of practicing like balance, if that makes sense. And those mm-hmm. were kind of like, that's kind of my process. Awesome. And yeah, knowing like the why behind your, behind like why you're doing the things, right? Like I've even had to like kind of catch myself on stuff like that with incorporating like protein fats and carbs at every meal. It's like, okay, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because, yeah. And also like our bodies need a balance of things. Like that's just what our bodies need. Exactly. And I don't eat, sometimes I don't eat a fat. Yeah. Next question that I do have for you is because recovery isn't easy. Getting to, getting into like the rhythm of trusting our bodies isn't easy. Um, Having these days where we're just ravenous and we eat a ton of food, those days aren't easy. So can you share with us some of like the most challenging parts of your recovery journey and how you moved through those? Yeah, so definitely the extreme hunger was like probably the hardest thing for me because I was so restrictive about my food. And then when I allowed myself to eat, like I went through extreme hunger for probably like a good two, three months. So it's like every day I felt like I wasn't getting any work done. Cause I honestly was just like walking around the kitchen eating. Like it was insane. Um, so I just felt like, I just felt again, like I was losing that identity. Like I was like binging, which I know was not a binge at all. It was just like what my body needed. And I just felt like super out of control again. And like, I really wanted to go back to controlling things. Cause that was like where my brain went. So that was really, really hard. But I mean, my husband, although he didn't really understand it because he's never had an issue with food, he was super like supportive. I have, even though my family's in a different country, they're in Canada, um, they were really supportive just like through instant messenger. I actually had a roommate at the time because my husband was, li- he was in school like Monday to Friday living somewhere else. And so she was a, a girl who had never been through it, but still a woman who knows, you know, body image issues and yeah. stuff. Like we all understand it at some level. So she was able to just kind of like hug me when I was like crying and just sometimes I ate crying and that's okay. And I also had like a lot of, I mean, I'm a Christian, so I had a lot of scripture and like devotionals that I would turn to as well, just in those times, just to know that my body, God made my body a certain way. And if it's hungry, it's hungry. And even if it's really, really hungry, it's hungry for a reason. So that kind of like just got me through that time and just knowing that it would go away. Like I knew in my head, I was not going to want to eat my whole kitchen forever. Like I just knew that. Um, and I don't, I don't want to eat my whole kitchen anymore. So I was, I was able to work through that. And then of course, weight gain, like weight gain was tough. I mean, no matter who you are, weight gain is tough, especially like growing out of clothes and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that helped me was I, bur- I burned my own jeans. So that was like, yes, I saw that. Liberating. I know some people are like, you should have donated them, but they just like weren't a size that I really wanted any woman to ever feel like mm-hmm. pressure to fit into. So that was like super liberating. And then just Calling, I think a lot of girls that I've talked to have gone through recovery do this, but calling my old clothes like my sick clothes and kind mm-hmm. of like 
associating them with like a bad thing, not like, Ooh, I was skinnier then or whatever, but like giving them like a bad connotation just like really helped me. So, and then just also seeing like the weight as like not weight, but like my life, like these extra 10 pounds, like help me like go on spontaneous pizza dates with my husband. Like they, you know what I mean? Like, I just seeing like what those pounds do for you, like really changed my mindset as well. Yeah. That's amazing. And I mean, you guys went to Europe. Yes, right? that was so amazing. Yeah. So can we talk about that? You had already had your period by then, right? Yeah. So you were already like getting into this space of food freedom and just living more freely in general. So what was it like going on a vacation for like the first time ever where you weren't restricting yourself? Oh my gosh. It was honestly like the best, like I'm still smiling just thinking about it. Cause it, like you said, it truly was my first vacation where I just didn't worry about food at the gym. And I just ate everything. I had like gelato every day. We had sweets every day. We had big breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And like, it was just like, we just lived, like we just enjoyed it. We didn't fight once. It was a two week vacation about food. Like we just fully lived it up and like nothing happened to me. Like, you know, old Taylor would have been like, Oh, you're going to be 3000 pounds. when you get home. Literally nothing happened except for the fact that I enjoyed the crap out of myself. It was amazing. Yay, that's so awesome. So we talked about some of the lows of recovery and some of like the most challenging pieces. But now look at all of this life that you are living and everything that you're enjoying. So can you kind of like do like a compare and contrast for us? I know you've been kind of adding in snippets throughout our conversation. Like I wasn't able to do that before, but now I'm able to do this. But what does life look like for you now that you have your period back and you're feeling really free around food and you're not living with those restrictions anymore? Yeah. So like it looks like going out for breakfast on Saturday morning instead of like having to get up and get my husband to the gym with me and like eating a protein, whatever, like, like just like enjoying that part, going out for date nights, especially like I we used to always go out for a date night, but one, I would like get super stressed about it. I'd have to Google the menu, find the nutrition information, skip the wine, like all these things, save quote unquote, save my calories the whole day. So basically starve myself all day, which is so awful and terrible. And like, so I could fit the calories into my day and then like the next day eat less to make up for like, there was just so much math in my brain and I'm not a math person like at all, but like so much like numbers of having to make things fit or if I ate something bigger, I had to like eat less later. And I just don't do that anymore. Like I wake up on date days and I eat breakfast. And if I'm hungry in like an hour again, I eat in an hour again, I eat a normal lunch, I eat snacks, I drink the wine. Sometimes I drink too much wine because I just, I'm just living my life and we just ate whatever I wanted you know, at dinner and we go out for spontaneous nights last week. He was like, do you want to go get a donut? And I was like, yeah, I want to get a donut. And I didn't like take it out of my meals for later. Like it just like, it's just like no thinking about it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and I used to always think that I could never be in a bigger body. Like, Oh, I would just hate it. But I just don't even think about my body anymore. Like, right? I just used to, you know, like I used to think about it so much and how it looked like. And I just, of course, like we're women, like sometimes I'll see it and I'll be like, Oh, like that's different. But I don't think about it. I'm just like living. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I totally know what you mean because I am 
much bigger than I was before. I mean, I will definitely acknowledge the fact that I'm still like a smaller human being. Um, I mean, both of my parents are smaller humans. So like, it's just who I am. But um, I mean, when I was much smaller than I am right now, like when I was very underweight, it was hard for me to think in my mind how I was going to like look with all of this extra weight on me. But now it's like you said, you don't really even think about it. But then just a couple of days ago, I was like, moving around the house and I was like oh my gosh my boobs are like so in the way today you know <laughs> that's not a bad problem to have though I mean I know yeah I mean you're married I have a solid relationship and the they they enjoy it they don't mind. no they're all good yeah. with it yeah and it is pretty cool when you catch a glance of yourself in the mirror and you're like wow I actually look like a woman right now. I don't look like I am 18 years old. Exactly. Totally. Or 15 or whatever, because yeah. I'm sure some 18 year olds actually look like women, but you and I probably never at that age. No, exactly. And yeah. it's, it's a hard thing to like, to get to, to your brain at first. Cause I feel like maybe you can identify to this, like seeing like an underweight body kind of messes your brain up. Cause you kind of feel like, this is what a woman looks like. And so mm-hmm. then when you see what an actual woman looks like, you're like, this is wrong. But the more that you get used to that woman body and the more you feed your brain and your brain starts thinking properly, then you start to see like your old body as like unhealthy. You don't think, oh, that was a woman. You think, no, that was like a 12 year old boy. And now I'm a woman. But it's like this process of like getting used to that new shape. Yes, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I have a... A lot more questions for you, but I want to fit some of the important ones in before we have to wrap up the show. So women that are really ready to go, quote unquote, all in, because Mm -hmm. that's exactly what you and I have been doing. Um, Any tips for these ladies? Because it is kind of like it feels like you're almost like on an edge of a cliff and you're like, okay, I'm kind of scared to just like dive in and go all in. But do you have tips for women that are struggling with doing oh, that? Gosh, so hard. Cause I mean, I think just like, this sounds so like cliche, but think big picture. Like, I feel like for me, when I was like going through recovery, I was so pigeonholed on like the right now. Like this feels bad right now. This is scary right now. I can't do this right now. But like thinking about like the every little like right now is leading to like your whole life is like it makes things easier. Like it's not going to be this forever. Like think of it in seasons like this is not the rest of your life. Like you're not going to be living in this fear if if you fully commit to going all in. Like mm-hmm. you're going to move through the season. and It's going to just go into like this big free life that's so worth it. And so just kind of taking it into chunks, like not thinking like, does that make sense? I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, no, it definitely does. We, a lot of the times we like lose ourselves in the thoughts yes, rather like than thinking. Yes. A hundred percent. So no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like not really overthinking it, just kind of going with the flow, taking each day as, a, as one day and just tr- honestly trusting the process, which is so much easier, harder, harder said than done, easier said, easier said than done to trust the process. But yeah truly is like the only way to to just to get through it 
And also, I think trusting our bodies, right? I think um, when there's a lot of fear involved, it's just kind of boils down to the fact that we actually don't trust ourselves in one way or the other. And we really need to kind of like reframe that and learn that we actually can trust ourselves. Right. And also like, like journaling really helped me too. Like when I was feeling like fear or guilt or anything around like my body or, or food or whatever, and kind of like realizing where is that feeling coming from? Cause like eating a donut like itself, like it's not going to make you feel like the worst person, but there's something else about the eating of the donut that's telling you that like, maybe you feel like you're not a worthy person because you're eating sugar or something like that. And just kind of like being your own counselor, I guess. And like digging deep into why are you feeling these, these fear and this fear and this guilt and that shame could be really like a really enlightening thing. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, at the beginning of the episode, you're kind of almost doing like a pivot, a little bit of a pivot in your business right now, going from very like food recipe focus to empowering other women to gain this freedom within their own lives. So how is that looking for you? I know you have projects on the go, a few of them, a few really big ones. So share those with us and Tell us about those. Yeah. So for it's, it's a slow transition because I can't go from like paleo recipes to food freedom overnight. Like, you know, definitely. I still, like I said, I still think health is important. And I think that you can eat a paleo muffin, but still have food freedom. Like you're not, yes. for me, I'm not eating it because it's paleo or keto or whatever. I'm just making it because I, I still like, I love an almond flour muffin. I think it tastes good. You well, know what I mean? and I like how you posted recently on Instagram you were like reviewing some product and you're like I'm not eating these because they are low carb I just genuinely really enjoy these right yeah exactly so it's like I think sometimes people go like in opposite directions like you can't have any eat any kind of like special diet food or whatever healthy food if if you want to have food freedom and I think food freedom is about having the same enjoyment from a donut as a paleo muffin you know what I mean so that's, so I'm still keeping those recipes because I still make those things. My husband has a lot of dietary issues and not because he has any kind of food issues. Like he just can't eat certain things. So I still want him to eat what I make. So I'm still kind of creating that, but just kind of educating people and sharing my journey. So right now I'm working on that free guide, which you mentioned, which is available to download. And then I'm going to be doing like a boot camp online um, where I'm kind of helping girls like live, you know, if it's like a four week program, kind of walking them through like those steps that I just told you about, but like more you know, way more in depth with like helpful tools and all those kinds of things. Um, and then I'm also writing a book. So that'll be out next summer. Yes. So tell us more about your book because that is amazing. And it's when you announced it, you were like, it's not a cookbook. It's nope. actually about your journey and how, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So it's going to be a book. I mean, obviously about my journey, like I said, and just kind of touching on like each chapter is about like a different issue that women struggle with. So whether that be perfection, worth, finding our identity, um, social media, like just all these things that we can all relate to. Of course, I'm using kind of an eating disorder as like where I'm speaking from because that's my experience, but relating it to other things like motherhood, work, all those kinds of things. Um, it, is, it is a Christian book. So it's published by Zondervan. So there's a lot of like faith you know, messaging in there as well, but just kind of taking all those things like our seek, our, 
you know, are, are seeking of perfection and worth and value and finding them in God and in who we truly are and not in like our bodies or our families or our work or whatever it is. And just kind of walking through that for the book. Awesome. I am so proud of you, sweetheart. And once your book's out, like you said, it's out next summer. So you'll definitely be on the podcast again. And I cannot wait. Um, But I do have one more question for you. And I ask all of my guests this question. And it's what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Ooh, that's like a that's like a good one. I think that means realizing that you are just like a human and like you're not perfect. And like I feel like it's almost like backwards because I feel like when we feel like we're perfect, then we're unbreakable. That's almost like we're more the most breakable because everything is like in this tight little box and we're like trying to control everything. But when you're just like present and you're just yourself and things just don't break you as much because you're just you're just true in yourself and you just trust yourself and you're just like authentically you and things just don't get to you. Things just don't like, they just don't bug you as much when you're just living your authentic life. Does that make sense? Definitely makes sense, babe. And thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. I know so many women are going to be so motivated to move away from restriction and move into this beautiful place of food freedom that you and I have been experiencing and want other women to experience as well. It feels so good to be able to have a date night with your significant other, doesn't it? And like not feel stressed about it. That's honestly one of the best feelings is not having to like, I don't know, switch up like, oh, what did, or think about what did I eat for lunch so I can eat this later? It's, that's a, yeah, that's a space that both you and I want women to move out from. So your program's going to be awesome. I will link everything that you mentioned in the show notes, but if someone's listening on their phone right now and they want to go find you, where can they find you and plug into some of your things right away? Sure. So my website is www.foodfaithfitness.com. And then if you want the guide, it's www.foodfaithfitness.com backslash FF, like food freedom. You can find me on Instagram. I'm at foodfaithfit. Awesome, babe. Thank you again so much. And we'll talk to you again. Thank you so much. It was lovely being here. <laughs>